Hey guys, what's up? This is episode two of Part of the Process. I just sat down with 23-year-old Kirsten from Windsor, local girl boss. All things squats over sweets. Let me tell you, she is the most wonderful human being, and I can't wait for you guys to hear what she has to say. So let's not wait any longer. Let's just do it. Please listen carefully. So I want to find out what, where it started, where it all began, what brought you to doing squats over sweets. Like, give me the the beginning, the middle, and the end. All right. So I was never into fitness. I was never active. I sucked at every sport. And honestly, I never thought that this is where my life was going to go, but I want to say, I think it was two years ago now, um, starting April 2016, I had just gotten out of a three-year-long relationship, and I was like, you know what? I need to start focusing on myself. I need to start focusing on my health. I obviously, like any other student in university, had gained the freshman 15, freshman Mm -hmm. 20. I was like unhappy with the way that I was looking and honestly that's where it started I was unhappy with my body and I was like you know what I'm gonna go to the gym and it was the most petrifying experience of my life mm-hmm. been there <laughs> yeah <laughs> I you know I was like how am I gonna motivate myself how am I going to hold myself accountable and then I noticed that someone I had followed was documenting their fitness journey on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe I should try that. I don't know. It's kind of putting me out of my comfort zone. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And then I spent forever trying to figure out what name I was going to use. And then Squats Over Sweets was born. I chose the name because I'm absolutely obsessed with sweets. Mm-hmm. I love candy. I have had so many cavities because I just eat so much candy. <laughs> My dentist actually loves me because I keep them in business. But uh, I decided on that name. A friend said, yep, that's it. And I just started documenting. So Was that scary? It, it was When I started putting out a little bit more revealing content, things about my actual weight. At first it was just, hey, I'm in the gym, like here's a selfie, and here's what I'm eating for lunch. But then I started being more real and more open with the people that were following me, which at the time was like 15 people. Maybe people that knew me from high school and were like, oh, let's kind of see what this is about. And then it slowly allowed me to become more and more comfortable. How has that journey like progressed now, like in terms of what you're doing with it now? Has it changed a little bit? Completely. (laughs) It's absolutely changed. I originally opened it because I wanted to find motivation. And now I don't really need the motivation. I, I appreciate the people that I follow and they still motivate me every single day. But I don't need it to continue my fitness lifestyle. Now it's more of me motivating others and encouraging others to kind of accomplish what I already accomplished. Um, It's hard. The building a healthy, sustainable lifestyle is not easy, especially if you've never had that. So now Squats Over Sweets is kind of, it's it's more of a moral and a, a guide to help you start help you start your journey and be there to support you through whatever you need yeah kind of thing 
now is sure. your and like you now that you're saying like you don't necessarily have to follow other people because mm-hmm. you're doing it yourself do you feel like you're your your own motivation right because it keeps mm-hmm. you accountable if you're having to motivate other people you kind of have to do it for yes. yourself too because there's no you can't really escape that yes you definitely have to practice what you preach so if I go on and I'm like you know what you have to like get in your physical activity like make an active effort to get out and walk or run I gotta do that too so it just kind of keeps me in check yeah. and I get to uh, basically express myself through what I've learned right this far. Yeah, I can totally relate doing just like the little stuff that I do with like this podcast that I've just started, mm-hmm. but I did it on like my personal page first. Mm-hmm. Is like, you know, posting positive things or yeah. you know, it's okay to be negative too. Like all mm-hmm. those things I'm like I I now I'm like checking with myself being like am I doing that? Am yeah. I doing my gratitudes today because I'm asking people if they're doing theirs. Yeah. I got to be doing mine. So exactly. it's like a cool like full mm-hmm. circle thing that like yeah. comes around. Um but you also work full time. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do full time and you also travel? Yes, and I also have a part-time job. You have a, yeah. Oh my. <laughs> so um, I actually work as an operations trainer for a customs brokerage. Okay. I have been at that customs brokerage for about six years now doing a bunch of different positions. And it's allowed me to get work experience while I've been in school. I am also a marketing specialist for a luxury home builder in Tecumseh. Okay. So I do that part time. And then I'm also trying to build my side hustle. I'd like to have a media company where I do digital marketing for businesses and individuals and helping them build their personal brand. So that's something I'm kind of also doing on the side. And I'm also trying to become a personal trainer. So (laughs) I just, my mom always says that I'm trying to do too much. And I'm like, no, because life is short. And I have a lot of things that I want to do and Mm -hmm. a lot of things that I want to experience. And I don't excel at all of them, but I'm enjoying the process of figuring out what I like and yeah. what I don't like. And yeah. I'd rather play it that way than play it safe yeah. and then wonder, like, what if? What so you, if I did that? Right, yeah. You don't want to say what if and you'd rather say, oh, well, at least I tried. Yeah, exactly. It's better saying that. Yeah. So you do all these things and you eat healthy and you <laughs> go to the gym. So people that are like, I have no time, a.k.a. me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't have time to do that. I'm like... <laughs> Um, how is your, what's your routine like if you're doing all of these things? Very, very regimented. Yeah. So I do travel once a week for my full-time job and when I'm traveling, it is not perfect at all. And I, you know, I don't expect it to be, I don't put that pressure on myself because that's unrealistic, but I try to make healthy choices. So if I'm traveling and I'm eating out, then I'm making healthy choices. I try to get to the gym. Obviously, it's not my regular gym, so it's putting me a little bit out of my comfort zone, Mm -hmm. and I don't have everything that I would normally have. But as long as I make an effort to kind of go and and do that, it's fine. Yeah. The three other weeks of the month, very, very strict for me because that's what I like. I need the kind of structure. So typically, I go to the gym at 5 a.m. I love the mornings. I have always, always, always been a morning person. I just, it's quiet there. There's not a lot of people. I get it out of the way. So for me, when I first started, it was, if I put it off till the end, I won't go. That's me. If I I wait till 5 p.m., I'm just going to make an excuse. Like, I want to get food instead, and then I don't go. So if I put it in the morning, there's absolutely no excuse. And 
my meals are always prepared in advance. In advance? Yeah. Now, do you go to bed real early so you can get up at 5 a.m.? <laughs> I aim for 9.30. Okay. Which is, is pretty early yep. for someone who's 23. <laughs> but um, it's not always like that. Yeah. Usually, like, 10, 10.30 is where I'm at. But yeah. it definitely catches up to me. If I don't have enough sleep, I start getting sick. I get grumpy. <laughs> um <laughs> I put a lot of pressure on myself. I start stressing out. Yeah. It's it's like a vicious cycle. Yeah. So. so what is your night routine then? If you're a morning person, do you mm-hmm. have a night routine as well? I'm working on it. <laughs> so right now it's, oh, let's scroll through Instagram and then I'll fall asleep. But I'm working on finding a way to kind of calm myself down mm-hmm. to help me sleep better at night. I've been having a lot of um, bad dreams and like... I tried to read up on what my dreams meant online. I don't know how effective it is, <laughs> but just kind of taking care of myself that way. Yeah. Do you have a strict morning routine? Uh, yeah. So the easiest way for me to get to the gym in the morning is to plan at night the morning. So uh, most of the time I go to bed in my workout clothes. <laughs> uh, they are clean, I should mention. <laughs> However, it gives me no excuse not to get up. My alarm is set for 4.40 in the morning, and I'm at the gym for 5. I have a duffel bag that I bring with me. It has all of my equipment. It has my uh, gloves that I need, my bands, my bar pad, and I grab my water, and I go, and I have to have my headphones. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely have to have my headphones. I bring two pairs just in case my Bluetooth crap out, and when I'm there, it's just like in the zone. Yeah. Like, uh, nobody talks to me, yeah. and if they do, they know they've done something wrong. Because... Well, that's why you go in the morning, too, yeah, right? It's exactly. like, people to handle. <laughs> exactly. And I don't eat before I go, and that's just a personal preference. Okay. You, most people have, like, a banana or something, but at 4.40 in the morning, I'm not hungry. Yeah. So I kind of use my food as a reward. Like, you can have breakfast when you get done your workout. Right. Because I look forward to eating. I look forward to eating at every meal, actually. <laughs> Sometimes I count down the hours. <laughs> but, Yeah. So is that considered like, uh, so they call it like fasted, fasted cardio or uh, mm. intermittent fasting? Or is that just something you've always done? That's just something I've always done. Yeah. Some people will do fasted cardio. That's not for me. I actually don't do a lot of cardio. I'm trying to up it just to kind of build my endurance mm-hmm. since I started playing soccer, which I've never played before. So I'm trying to build that up. But yeah. yeah. So what's like your, your, your like weight training, yep. uh, doing HIT, doing interval Usually training? Usually uh, resistance training. So... Uh, I split myself. I used to, when I first started, was doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday weight training or like plyometrics, which is jumping, uh, like jump lunges, jump squats, things like that. And then Tuesday and Thursday were more cardio days. And then as I, I guess, lost weight and wanted to build muscle, I started transitioning to five days a week of resistance training. Okay. So, so and you're just in the process right now of becoming a personal trainer. Yeah. So how do you, how did you like, gain, did you start Googling stuff? Like how did you gain all the knowledge and, and started knowing what to do? So that's what the question I get the most often. People are like, I want to get fit, but I don't know where to start. What do I do? And I had done a little bit of research, but nothing major. A friend of mine had recommended to me to try BBG, which is the Bikini Body Guide by Kayla, it seems. And it's a 12-week guide. I'm not a fan of the name. I don't like the term bikini body. Mm -hmm. But the guide was the perfect structure that I needed to start. 
So it laid everything out for me, start to finish. I had my Monday, Wednesday, Friday, my Tuesday, Thursday. It was so structured and the workouts were simple. Like they were they were challenging, but the movement was simple. Okay. I didn't need to know about my body really to do the workouts. Right. So I did BBG three times. So they're 12 weeks long. That's math. Yeah. 36 (laughs) weeks. So I did it for 36 weeks and then I moved it to a year. So I did a full year of BBG and that's how I lost the weight that I did. And then now it's more just trying to build muscle. I felt like I needed something new. I had done the program four times in a row, like three to four times in a row and I was bored. Mm -hmm. And when you get bored, you lose motivation, and then I had to find a new way to challenge myself. Yeah. So were you doing BBG as you were op- doing uh, squats over sweets, or did BBG yeah. come first, yeah. and then you did squats over no. sweets? No, so as soon as squats over sweets started, BBG started. Okay. It was like my way of documenting my BBG journey. Right. And what's great about BBG is that it has like this massive community with it. There's millions and millions of women all over the world that are doing BBG. So if you hashtag BBG or you tag Kayla in your post and she shares it, the entire community is there to support you. Yeah. And I really needed that. That's the whole reason I opened my Instagram. Right. So I would follow people and we would kind of motivate each other and encourage each other. And then on Facebook, there was actually a group. Okay. For BBG. And people would post like their progress photos and what kind of foods they were eating and things like that. So you have a huge community. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it started. Yeah. And then as I got away from BBG and I got into some other programs, I've tried a few things here and there and now I'm more building my own. Okay. See, I'm like not a lot of people know, but I did FBG, which is with uh, Anna Victoria. Okay. So it's another, it's sim. I was curious like what the workouts were for yeah. BBG because I did FBG. I only did it for 12 weeks. I mm-hmm. did love it. And mm-hmm. I did, I opened a private Instagram account. <laughs> yeah. did nobody go look for that, please. <laughs> um, I haven't probably opened it in two years. Um, but I totally can relate to that sense of community and it's mm-hmm. it's funny that it, it almost gets stigmatized when you like are doing um, uh, fitness online mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, you're just doing it to like show off your body and stuff like that. And that's why I made yeah. it private, one mm-hmm. thing. Um, but it is, it, it's a com- sense of community, people you can relate to mm-hmm. that are like-minded, that are going through the same things you're going through. Um, yeah. What What is that like for you now with Squats Over Sweets? Do you have a community that you're still linked with? Is it more people that you're motivating as to other BBGs? Do you still follow BBG? Yeah, so there's a little bit of both. I still follow the people that do BBG because it was such an, an enriching experience for me that I love watching other people go mm-hmm. through that too. And it's also now become a lot of people that I've just found along the way. Yeah. Like we shared a similar post or they contacted me or um, like I reached out to them for advice and now I follow them and then they share about other people and then I follow those people and it becomes like this massive network of Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And I've had people from high school approach me asking for coaching and I've had some people that I've never even met that are in Windsor that have, I guess, followed me and they they they've been motivated by me and they reach out to me and like those messages are the things that kind of keep me going now yeah like hearing that someone can relate to me because maybe I had a bad day and I'm sharing that I had a bad day and they did too yeah and they feel like they can confide in me that's what I'm there for that's huge that's humanity that's what we're missing and it's funny as I'm just having this thought now is like 
it and you know social media you know it does bring us away mm-hmm. and it separates that human mm-hmm. connection that you have one on one but at the same token there are those communities mm-hmm. that you can build mm-hmm. within social media yeah uh, it is it's kind of a crazy thing to mm-hmm. think about as you like you can be talking to someone in the states or yeah. in china or in europe or wherever mm-hmm. and you couldn't do that before and mm-hmm. that's pretty cool <laughs> i do like i have a love hate relationship with it yeah because me too. <laughs> it like social media it does cause me some some stress sometimes because uh, like comparison kills yeah if you're comparing yourself to others like that you got to stop like something you're doing is wrong mm-hmm. but at the same time yeah it builds that community it builds those connections that you can't have because you don't have access to these people regularly. Right, like in your everyday life. Yeah. So how do you keep your social media honest and maybe different from other fitness accounts? So for me, I just vow to always be open and honest about everything in my life. So earlier this year, I started going to therapy for the first time and I expressed that through my Instagram stories. And I was talking to people about how I was going to therapy, which was very new for me and way out of my comfort zone. Because usually I'm, people look at me as like, oh, she's so strong. She she has everything together, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I work so much and I have so much going on that sometimes my mental health does take effect. So I make sure to be open about that. I've been very open with my audience about disordered eating and the kind of struggles I've dealt with that. And just being true to who I am. I knew that when I would follow other fit stars, and I have air quotes here because (laughs) I just think the term's silly, but they aren't always honest. And you see someone's profile through one lens, and it's the lens that they put out, that they want you to see. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they could be going to the gym every day and eating healthy, but you don't know what they do at 11 p.m. at night if they're going through a binge. Right. You don't know what kind of supplements they take. You don't know if they're taking injections. You don't know. Mm -hmm. You just see what you see that they're willing to share. Mm -hmm. So when I want to be open and honest, I share everything. There's nothing about my life that people don't know, which is kind of scary because it puts everything on the line. But... I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Has that taken some like adjustment to get used to or has it kind of been like once it's out there, it's kind of like, hey, it is what it is and I'm here. It used to be like that. When I would put out like maybe a transformation post and I'm in like a a bra and underwear, it was like, okay, it's out there. Like I can't take it down. Like I told myself, I'm like, you're not taking it down. It's already out there. At least one person's already seen it. Like that's it. Now it doesn't even phase me. Yeah. So. Well, it's become familiar, Mm -hmm. right? And it's become Mm -hmm. the regular. It has, I mean, social media is also dangerous too. It's important to note that, that if you are going to open up an Instagram, be aware that there are creepy people out there. I get messages constantly from people overseas that are making threats and things like that. So that took a lot of getting used to. Yeah. Because obviously I'm putting myself out there. I'm being super real, but that's just the risk that I was willing to take. Right. And obviously whenever I'm out in public, I make all the precautions to ensure that I'm safe and yeah. things like that. So how was the struggle of dealing with like those those threats or, you know, p- whatever pictures are being sent to mm-hmm. and fro? Um, how has that affected like your mental health? Like is that a constant struggle, something that you have to consistently work with? Is it becoming easier? I feel like <laughs> as a super sensitive individual that would like – take forever to get used to if I ever got used to that yeah I when the messages come in 
I am not used to it. Like I'm not accustomed to it, but it doesn't affect me as much as I thought it was going to. There was a certain instance that did happen and it did affect me. And I made sure to reach out to my family and friends to say that if this person ever contacts you, like just disregard, like ignore it, or at least let me know. Mm -hmm. And then other than that, it's just kind of like, I just don't allow the messages in my inbox. Right. When I see something come in and I'm like, oh, that might be a little questionable. A little questionable. Let's uh, decline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. So what precautions would you give to, you know, someone else who's wanting to start, like, say, a fitness account or, mm -hmm. you know, something that's going to entail those types of uh, potential encounters? Mm -hmm. What precautions do you take or would you suggest someone take in doing that? So the first one is you can always make your Instagram private. So I did do that for a while mm -hmm. after I had it public and then I started getting these messages. I made it private for a little while and then once I felt comfortable again, I opened it up. Um, some other things that I do not do is I never post when I'm out in public. If I post saying I'm at the gym and I take the gym, I usually post that I was there after the fact, not while I'm there. You're smart. So it's taken a lot of like <laughs> analytical thinking to, to kind of combat it. Um, if you don't post your location, they'll never know where you are. That was a risk I was willing to take because I want people to know the gym that I go to mm -hmm. because that's how I make friends. I make friends there. But those are the two biggest ones. And always just be aware of who's following you and who you're following and engaging with. If somebody comes into your inbox or sends you a DM, like, you don't have to answer them. Right. You're not yeah. obligated. Yeah, just rid of it. Yeah. Get rid of it. Yeah, so. especially if it's something that's unwelcoming. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm sure there's plenty of. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Yes. Um. So talk to me a little bit about you know, the things that we see on social media, especially in the fitness industry, like what are some of the things that are advertised that people need to look out for and be aware of? Because mm -hmm. it's very simple to look at images and be like, A, that's what I want to look like, but that person might not even mm -hmm. look like that. Mm -hmm. Like what are the, th what do you think is the, you know, the biggest struggles and how fitness is, is advertised? So... Fitness is advertised very differently amongst a bunch of people that I follow. And the biggest thing you see is that skinny is healthy. You see a skinny person, you're like, oh, they must be healthy. That is not true. I have seen some very unhealthy skinny people. It's honestly just how your body works. So when you go online, you need to understand that just because someone is skinny, that doesn't make them any more beautiful. It doesn't make them any more nice. It doesn't mean they're a good person. And it doesn't mean that they're healthy. So that's the, probably the biggest one. Um, and most recently, so I have had an issue in the past with comparing myself to others, which is my own kind of insecurity. But a friend of mine named Whitney, she told me, she's like, when you go online and you follow people, only follow people that have the same body type as you, because that's realistic. So if you go on and you see somebody who has a similar body type to you, that's something that if you're going to compare, which she's not suggesting that I do, mm -hmm. but if you're going to, compare it to that because that's realistic. Don't follow a bunch of people that are, for me, I'm five foot nine. Don't follow people that are five foot four mm -hmm. and super tiny. I'll never be like that. It's like impossible. So I had to kind of work my mind around that. But there are some really great people out there that advertise fitness and in, in a positive way. And then there's people that don't. Yeah. And you just have to pick through the weeds. Yeah. 
who do you follow who are like some of your favorites <laughs> if you do still follow them right yes I have a lot of people that I follow that I check up on regularly because they inspire me so much so um people that aren't from Windsor uh the biggest one for me is probably it's healthy Chelsea um she is just so open and honest and she just every time she's out there she looks like she's loving life and she's also kind of what I base my Instagram off of because she's super honest and super real with her health and everything. She's she's just out there and open. Um, I also follow Katrina Stepanian Bennett. So she is one that I found alongside um, It's Healthy Chelsea, and she's the same way. She just motivates you, and she is a, a coach. So she has approached me about coaching. I'm just not ready for that yet. But she is just, again, just when you see someone's profile like that and they're uplifting and honest and open, it's like, I can do this. Right. And some days I still need that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not perfect. And there are days where I'm like down in the dumps and those are the people that I go to. A couple other ones are Suitably Sophie. So I followed her. Kels Does Health is one that I followed recently. Um, the Fitness Lioness. She is probably the funniest fitness person I have ever met. She's quite vulgar, but it's just so, like, it's okay because it's her. Like, <laughs> it's she's entertaining. Like, and it's super entertaining. Her and her boyfriend, they're both into fitness. Super funny. I just love them so much. And then in terms of, like, people in Windsor, I'm following Sustainable Seagal because she is always positive, always repping. We Me love too. Sierra. <laughs> Axfit, who is um, in Tecumseh. Her name's Danielle. She runs a fitness program there. I went to her classes a couple times, and she is just always preaching being positive. Um, and, of course, my, my girl, Whit. So Whitney St. Pierre, she is um, my closest friend, and she is becoming a personal trainer as well. So her and I have kind of been building our lifestyle together that way. That's awesome. So these are, that's just like a few, a few. <laughs> of the many people that I look to every single day to, yeah. to gain inspiration. Yeah. So you said, you know, like we all do the days down in the dumps. Mm -hmm. What are those days like for you? And you're also sharing that online yeah. often or sometimes <clears throat> or whenever. Um, what are those days like for you and how do you, you know, overcome those scenarios? So when I'm down in the dumps, I don't necessarily try to overcome it. I kind of just ride the wave. So I, that's something I've just recently learned to do because I'm becoming more in touch with my inner self. I've been in touch with my outer self for two years and now I'm focusing more on the inner but when those days hit, usually I make a post um, and I'll, I'll share that I'm maybe having a rough day. And then I take a social media detox. Mm -hmm. I just kind of step back and uh, usually it involves napping. Sometimes <laughs> I just need a nap. Um, and then I turn to sometimes my mom, sometimes my boyfriend. Um, they're both usually there to support me when I go through things like that. So. Have you had people reach out to you when you do post things like that mm -hmm. that are relating to you in the same way? Oh, yeah. It happens all the time. If I'm hard on myself because I didn't make it to the gym for an entire week, people are like, you know what? It's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been there. Yeah. The, things happen. And I have to remind myself and forgive myself. That's something I don't do a lot. That, Kirsten, like, you work so much. Yeah. If you can't make it to the gym because you need to sleep, you need to sleep. Like, 
yeah, live a, live a healthy lifestyle, live a sustainable lifestyle, but don't put your health at risk because you're forcing yourself to get to the gym. How important do you think it is for people to know, because I think, and I've only started doing this probably in the last six months, of showing the opposite side of things, mm-hmm. not showing the pretty perfect glossy side of Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think more people should be doing that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you, as you follow accounts that are more honest, like, mm-hmm. what do you think are the benefits of doing that? I think it just paints a realistic picture. When I first started, I was like, okay, Kirsten, you're going to the gym five days a week. You're going to be on a strict diet and you're going to lose some weight. Okay, that was very unrealistic for somebody who had never done exercise before. It was like, awesome. Okay, I already set myself up for failure because I was trying to be like everybody else. So when people come to my profile, like I want them to feel like they can relate. I want them to feel like, yes, I can do this because Kirsten lives a realistic lifestyle. I can't afford right now to drop all of my jobs and just be a personal trainer. And I don't have the time to go to the gym every single day for an hour and a half, sometimes twice, like some people do. Like I just, that's not my lifestyle Mm -hmm. and that's not the average lifestyle. Mm -hmm. The average person works a full-time job and they need to find time to go to the gym. Yeah. And that's not going to be every day. Mostly it's going to be three to four times a week and it's not going to be for an hour and a half. It's going to be for 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And people need to understand that that's real. Yeah. Going to the gym for an hour and a half, five times a week, and then maybe even adding on some extras, that's not, I don't think that's sustainable. It might be for some, Mm -hmm. but for somebody who lives like an average life, it's not. It's not. So when they come to my profile and I'm not eating beans, chicken, and rice for every single meal, Mm -hmm. which I do some days because I enjoy it. Yeah. But they they should know that that's not realistic. You're going to have cake. Yeah, birthdays are going to come up. You're going to travel and you're going to want to try new things. Don't you dare go on a vacation and then not eat anything that you want to eat. You're on vacation. Yeah. That is realistic. Mm-hmm. Okay? When you go out and you are with your friends for a celebration, have a drink. That's realistic. Mm-hmm. So, if you're not being real on there, I don't even know what you're doing. Yeah. I don't know why you're why what are you doing? Yeah. And then it makes it easier to maintain, right? Yep. It's like if you're allowing yourself mm-hmm. those that piece of cake yeah. or that drink or whatever, it's easier to maintain long term. Yeah. And I think that's something that I know I struggle with and mm-hmm. a lot of people struggle with is like no, 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 yeah. no, and then I say yes at midnight and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's me, it's a snowball effect. Yeah. Yeah. If I deprive myself, deprive, 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 yeah. there's going to be a snowball. Yeah. And it's just gonna go downhill and that's exactly what happens with me. Right. So it's just, it's building a sustainable lifestyle. Yeah. So explain that. Sustainable lifestyle. Oh, it's so what give, I preach. <laughs> I preach it Give all me the, the breakdown. So I can't tell you how many times I hear people say, oh, like, I can't make it to the gym every day this week. Okay, well, don't make it to the gym every day. Go for a walk. If you can't make it to the gym and you're at work, use your 15 minutes for your break to go for a walk. That's building a sustainable lifestyle because mm-hmm. that's realistic. It's all about... Building a life that you enjoy and is easy. Mm. Built, living a healthy lifestyle should be easy. It shouldn't be challenging. If it's challenging, then you're trying to do it too soon, too fast, and you're not ready. For me, when I first started, I was like five days a week, going to be on a strict diet. That's not realistic, which was not sustainable, which is why it didn't work at first. I had to do three days a week at the gym and changing out one of my meals for something healthy. 
Then as I got comfortable with that, I then started incorporating more because you have to slowly adjust your body. Every single fad diet that's out there, every keto diet or every um, like paleo diet, people do it cold turkey and you can't do it like that. Mm -hmm. Your body's not used to it. You're going to start craving things that you've never craved before and that's not realistic. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to be sustainable long term. Yeah. It's all about building yourself a life that's just going to be easy and you're just going to do it for the rest of your life. Yeah, for, you enjoy it. Exactly. For me right now, my life is sustainable. I enjoy going to the gym at 5 a.m. every day. Yeah. It's not even work for me. I just, my alarm goes off. I'm like, oh, going to the gym because it's just part of my routine. Mm-hmm. And it's been sustainable because I built myself up to that. Right. So walk me through like meal prep because I know yeah. that's a big thing when I Huge. was doing myself that it was really helpful. And I think what like even I didn't realize is like when I was doing it for the first time, like it's not that much extra work. Mm-hmm. You're really just making one real big meal. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> it's not like yeah. you're like, oh, I got to make 50 different things. And blah, blah. I'm like, no, I just made a little bit extra this and a little bit extra that. Yeah. It, I honestly, it's amazing how long chicken lasts. I, it sounds disgusting, but all I do is I cook my chicken for... I like every Sunday, I meal prep everything. And I like to keep things very bland because you can always spice it up with sauces or change, like interchange it with certain things. So my go-to is always protein, carb, and veg for lunch and dinner. So what I'll do is I'll cook an entire package of chicken and that usually lasts me for four days, four or five days. And then I'll make two different kinds of carbs. So generally, actually recently I've been having basmati rice Mm -hmm. i love it tastes delicious and then sometimes i'll do sweet potato because it's super sweet and i love sweets um and then my vegetable i honestly buy frozen vegetables because i don't eat vegetables fast enough that they won't go bad so i buy the frozen vegetables and i just make them as i need them Mm -hmm. takes like four minutes in the microwave yeah and And that's it good to go good to go do you count macros nah like yes and no Uh, I used to be heavy on like calories. I used to watch them very closely. Now I watch my macros loosely. Okay. Like I'm hoping, like I know generally where my protein should be, where my carbs should be. If I was competing, which I would never do, I'm not interested in that, then I would look at that more. Right. Um, Right now it's just about feeling strong in the gym and making sure my body's fueled so that I can go to the gym. Right. So then when you're traveling... Obviously, that's going to change. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> do you meal prep to travel or is it kind of like you know you're going to eat good when you go to a different place and you know what things you can and cannot have? I did once. Okay. <laughs> and it didn't work how I wanted it to work. Uh, there's temptation around every corner when you travel. So um, I tried not to do it. And now when I go out to eat, I just opt for a healthier option. Which so if is? I, uh, like if I have a burger, it's no bun. Like I'll, I won't have a bun. So I'm just having the meat. Um not that I'm saying buns are bad. I just, it's like how you would make a burger healthy, I guess. Right, right. I do opt for salads, but it's important to also note that salads aren't always the healthier option. Just because they're green does not make them super healthy because as soon as you add on candied pecans and balsamic <laughs> dressing, mm-hmm. it's like down the drain. <laughs> so um, that's a common misconception. And I'm like, I have always hated salad. Mm-hmm. Salad is like my <laughs> enemy. Um, I've always been like, I'm not the salad girl. And like, how am I going to get thin if I don't like salad? <laughs> exactly. And I would force myself to eat shitty salad yeah. and it sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. So I'm like trying, I'm always, now I'm trying to eat more salad as I have to fit into a bridesmaid's dress by September. Ooh. But um, <laughs> 
yeah, it's like that challenge of like, how can I make this taste good so I enjoy it? Because mm-hmm. if I hate it, I'm not going to eat it. It's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. I'm not going to eat it. So it's, yeah. do you have any salad recipes um, that you lo- absolutely love? Or should I just start going back to Pinterest? I, you know, check Pinterest because <laughs> I... Whenever I buy stuff to make salad, it sits in my crisper and it goes bad. Yeah, because I just, I don't have the patience. I, it just doesn't entice me. Like salads, I'm not like yeah, salad. That's me. I'm like yeah, chicken. Yeah, like I want all the chicken. (laughs) Um, but like any restaurant you go to, you can get chicken, rice, and veg. Yeah, like you can get it. It's there. You just you see chicken wings first, and I get it because I love chicken wings. But everything at the front of the menu is never going to be good for you. Like it's it's, it's mm. like they they try to sell you on all the fried stuff right away. Right, which makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you're going to come back for. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you um when you're out and I think I've had a lot of trouble with this out eating with friends and everyone's mm-hmm. eating whatever they want. I almost feel like the sense of obligation to eat crappy. Mm-hmm. I feel like. You know, I don't want someone to look at me different because I'm ordering a burger without a bun. I've gotten better with that uh, in recent months, Mm -hmm. but I always feel, like, obligated to, like, they're like, oh, Sierra's not going to get a salad. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to be the Sierra that everyone knows and not get a salad, which I'm changing slowly. But, like, have have you ever felt that way? For me personally, no, but I do understand where that could come from. And it all just stems from being comfortable with your journey. Mm-hmm. As soon as you're like, you know what? I'm doing this. This is what I'm doing it for me. Yeah. You're not doing it for your friends. For me, the only time that that happens is if my friends are having drinks. And I'm like, you know what? Like I could have a glass of wine cuz I love wine so much. Um, but some days I'm like, you know what? Like I don't need that. Yeah. Like I I I have nothing against wine. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But some days I just don't need it. Yeah. Which is even funnier because most I feel like most people have more trouble, like, not drinking with friends, mm-hmm. but I've never really been a drinker, so, like, mm-hmm. that's easier for me. I'm like, water me up, please, water here, water here, and they're yeah. like, you're not drinking? I'm like, nah, but someone's like, oh, like, let's go get burgers, and I, like, want a salad, or, well, I shouldn't say want a salad, <laughs> should have a salad, and I'm like, burger me up, because yeah. people are around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the reverse yeah. of what most people have, I suppose. Um, I want to ask you about snacks when you're yeah. on the go, because as someone who's busy, going places, even when you're not traveling, like, do you mm-hmm. keep snacks in your purse, in your car at the office <laughs> uh in the winter i keep snacks in my car in the summertime they melt Ooh, i just did that with a bag of like smart sweets gummy bears and it melted into like this huge thing it was sounds, so funny that sounds delicious oh it was, it was just like this big conglomerate of gummy bears <laughs> yeah i usually have granola bars um i like the kellogg vector bars because i think that they're low enough in sugar but still give me enough protein i love rice cakes that you can have rice cakes anywhere and you can do anything with it. I usually put tons of peanut butter on them. I love peanut butter. Mm. Um, I have snacks in my drawer at work. I, again, they're kind of prepared, so I know in advance, mm-hmm. and I eat yogurt. Mm-hmm. So those are my things. The on-the-go part, it's not so much a struggle when you plan ahead. Right. So usually, like, I have my granola bar in the morning and then I'll have my yogurt at night. And it's just like, that's how it works. Yeah. That's how my day goes kind of thing. Had you, have you fallen off less as you've gotten to do this more often? I feel like I fall off the wagon a lot. I fall off the wagon a lot. <laughs> I do without a doubt. And my poor boyfriend gets the brunt of it because I'm like, oh, I'm eating bad today. And he's like, okay, <laughs> same as last week. And I'm like, awesome. So... <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I do fall off a yeah. lot. And it's not... 
I used to be super hard on myself and sometimes I still am, but it's getting better. Yeah. I'm learning that you don't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. When I first started, I was like, it has to be perfect. I have to stick to this regimented routine and it has to be like so strict and I can't eat out of my diet because like it's just going to steer me. I'm going to blow everything up. Oh, I'm just going to have to start again on Monday. Start again on Monday. Start again. There's always Monday. Always Monday. And then as soon as I stopped thinking about that and just started, you know what? Go to the gym. Hit a hit a personal record. Hit a PR. Mm. Great. That was a great day. Yeah. So instead of me being like, oh my gosh, it's it's leg day, but I, I am not doing legs. Like I, 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 I'm, it's done. Yeah. I might as well not even go to the gym. Right. Like I have to completely disregard that thought. Yeah. And I was like that for a long time. Yeah. So now when I fall off the wagon, I'm like, oh, pick up tomorrow. Yep. It is what it is. Forgive yourself it's not, today. It's, recommit tomorrow. It's not wait till Monday. Because yeah. if you fall off on Tuesday and you're like, oh, I'll just I'll just start again on Monday. That's not, that's yeah. not living a healthy no, lifestyle. It's got to go day in, day out. Yeah. Clean slate. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Um, so I read on your blog about alone ain't so lonely mm-hmm. and about how, the challenges that I think a lot of people go through about being by themselves, doing things by themselves. I know that that's been... Um, you know, a challenge, especially when you're traveling, you have mm-hmm. to do things alone. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about um, the alone ain't so lonely. Yeah, so I am not an alone person. I have to be around people constantly. And it doesn't mean that like we're hanging out. It could just mean like me doing my own thing, but I know you're in the other room. So when I'm at home with my parents, um, yes, I still live with my parents. Um, they're there. They're in their bedrooms. And I know that they're there. So I feel like a sense of like companionship. Yeah, there's comfort there. Yeah, but when I had to travel out to Vancouver for the first time this year by myself, first of all, I'd never been to another province before. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to another province. Mm -hmm. But I was also doing it alone. And it was for an entire week. So I was eating every single meal out by myself. I was spending all of my nights in a hotel room by myself. If something went wrong, it was me by myself. So... It was very hard for me to adjust, Mm -hmm. and I'm still adjusting. Um, What was that first experience like? Do you remember being really nervous? Do you remember um, what it felt like getting on that plane and being, like, sitting by yourself? You know, it it wasn't so much being nervous as it was just being sad. I was very sad to be by myself, Mm -hmm. and I felt like I was depressed the whole time, and I couldn't really enjoy the experience. But after I got back and I started to reflect... I looked at that entire week and like, how much did I learn? What did I learn from that? And I learned that some of my best thinking happens when I'm by myself. And when I'm so, so busy all the time, like I am, and then I'm around people constantly, I don't get that time to disconnect Mm -hmm. and be by myself and think and things like that. So I see the value in it. It's just hard for me to give myself that time Mm -hmm. because I don't really like it. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I think a lot of people struggle with just being alone with their thoughts, Mm -hmm. right? And and even with social media, like, you're constantly connected if you want to be. Connected in air quotes, I suppose, right? Yeah. Um, But it it is, I think think that's something, like, that we need to learn younger. Mm -hmm. It's like that it's okay. And to get comfortable with that uncomfortable feeling because – you there is that's mm-hmm. where you come up with great ideas is mm-hmm. when you're by yourself or you can get reconnected with your inner self mm-hmm. and there's so much benefit to that which uh, I've probably started learning just over in the last year of like 
now I don't even think twice about it. Mm -hmm. I think I was single for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so I kept myself really busy. I would work during the day and then I started doing a blog. So I would go and do interviews after work just to keep myself busy just because I didn't want to be alone. And then by the time I got home, it was like, oh, it's bedtime. Take a shower, go to bed. Don't even have to think with Mm -hmm. my own thoughts until you're like laying in bed right before you sleep. Um, But then as I got more comfortable in doing that the more often I think I didn't even realize that I was by myself because I was just slowly mm-hmm. allowing myself to like be more comfortable mm-hmm. in doing that and it's just like uh, whether it's a long or short adjustment period it's needed <laughs> you, you make a very good point about not really ever being disconnected so while I was away I wasn't really disconnected mm-hmm. because I was still posting on social media right I was still connecting with my followers mm-hmm. so I'm not really alone but you're physically alone. But I'm physically alone. Yeah, yeah. I remember going to Vancouver and sitting in. I usually go every summer, visit my best friend who lives mm-hmm. out there. But she would work during the day. So I'd be oh, by yeah. myself all day. And yeah. I do. And it's funny, Vancouver, I feel like I'm talking <laughs> to myself, talking in the mirror. Um, and go, being like, well, I got to eat. So the mm-hmm. first little while I would get food from a restaurant and go to the park and be, be mm-hmm. by myself in the park. But there was people around. Mm-hmm. And some people were alone. They were reading books or they're yeah. maybe with their dog or whatever. Yeah. And then I remember the first time being like, I'm just going to eat in the restaurant by myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They ask you, they're like, are you waiting for somebody? Yeah, always. always. I'm like, nope, just me. Just me and my book. Just me and, just me. (laughs) Just me. Just just me here. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. But I I feel like I left that the first time I went and then I did, then I ended up doing it the rest of the Mm -hmm. week. It was just like, if I'm okay with it, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then I just shrug it off. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, it is what it is. I'm here. I'm going to eat. I got to put food in my belly. So this is what we're going to do. And, you know, I'm going to take myself out to a yeah. nice restaurant yeah. today. So yeah. <laughs> treat yourself. Yeah. And it's in even when I lived in Toronto, I went to the movies by myself all the time. Oh, because I've never done that. Yeah. It's the best feeling ever. <laughs> I go all the time. It's it's uh, it's something I had to do because I didn't want to sit in my apartment in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And there was like a little it's called Rainbow Cinemas. It was around the corner from my apartment. Okay. Small theater. So they were make 40, 50 seats. Okay. So it's small. Yeah. And I didn't really know anyone in Toronto, right? So I, or the friends I had in school, they lived out. So they would subway out of the city. I lived downtown. Okay. So I would go to the movies by myself. And it was pretty great. And I used to love it. And then when I moved back home, I was like, now it felt weirder because like, what if I run into someone and they're like, oh, are you by yourself? You weirdo. (laughs) But I still love it. Once you do, once I did it once, I was like, yeah, this is not so bad. And then I go all the time. Mm -hmm. And the last time I went to the movies by myself, it was like a Tuesday. The theater was packed. (laughs) And I was sitting next to this guy, made a friend. He was also going to the movies by himself. And now, like, we talk all the time. (laughs) And it's just like, you never know. Movie buddies. We're movie buddies now. (laughs) But I know I still like to go to the movies by myself. But it is. It's it's an adjustment thing. You just Mm -hmm. have, once you, like, just put your, dip your toe in and just, Mm try it you might be okay yeah. after all but i i know that it's scary it can a be a really bit. scary feeling and a sad feeling yeah a lot of the time yeah but take some adjustment period yeah um let's talk actually you mentioned about uh your disordered eating mm-hmm. so tell me about that and how did that start and what does that mean to you disordered eating so I use the term disordered eating because i don't like to use the term eating disorder not that i shouldn't it's just something that like I've kind of adapted myself and I didn't think I had a problem until probably middle of last year oh, so, so this was during your journey yeah okay yeah so when I think back to high school 
this is um, when I talked to my therapist, this is where we established that it had started. And I would get, like, I wouldn't eat all day during school. And I would come home and I would just eat everything. And I don't know if I got myself into that kind of habit where I was binging or if it was stress-induced because I, it's hard for me to reflect back on something that was six, seven years ago. So I only noticed that it was an issue when I felt like I was out of control. So there were certain instances where I would be going through something stressful in my life or something incredibly emotionally draining and I would turn to food for it. So what that would look like is me coming home after dinner with friends or coming home late from work and having a piece of toast with peanut butter. And then me thinking, okay, that piece of toast with peanut butter wasn't in my meal plan. Now I've completely blown it. I might as well eat something else. And then I have a bowl of popcorn. And then after that bowl of popcorn, I'm like, you know what? I already blew it. I might as well go to the store and get some candy. So I go to the store and get some candy. And I have some candy. And it's happening in probably a time frame of half hour. So it's a very quick binge. And then after I feel incredibly guilty, and I feel like I had never purged anything that I had eaten, but I felt very bad. And then I would just go to bed whether it was 7.30 at night or 8 o'clock at night, I put myself to bed because that was the only way I felt like I could control it. So um, laying it out, all out on the, on the table here, I did go to the BANA clinic, which mm-hmm. is the Bulimia Anorexia Nervosa Association, and I had an intake appointment there, and I never followed up with them. So it's just been me kind of dealing with it the best way that I know how, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's gotten better. Yeah. So... I, I don't know if it was stress-induced. I don't know. I probably should follow up with them and just kind of go in and check mm-hmm. to just kind of keep myself in in, in, uh, in check there. But that's something that apparently I've been dealing with for quite a long time but only realized that I was within the last year. Yeah. How do you deal with that on a day-to-day basis? Is um, that something that comes up regularly or is that more strictly when you're experiencing something more extreme? Um, I would probably say that it's, it's not frequent, but it's also not rare. Maybe like once or twice a week Mm -hmm. I go through it. When I was meeting with my therapist, we had talked about mindful eating. So it sounds kind of silly, but when you're at the table or wherever you're eating, having both feet on the floor and um, every time you eat, putting the fork down in between and when just being cautious of when you're in a binge and you're going to eat something if like think about like why you're eating it are you actually hungry or is this because of some emotions that are inside and she also made a good point where if you find that you're in the middle of a binge and you feel if you stop and you think you are absolutely in control you have all the control If you have two cookies and you're feeling guilty because you have two cookies, you can stop there. You don't have to move on and have a bowl of popcorn and have a chocolate bar and things like that. You can stop. Even if you have those two cookies and then you have a bowl of popcorn, you can stop after that bowl of popcorn. You are in control. So it's just about having that boundary with yourself. 
It's also important to note that this is only from my personal experience yep. and does not have anything, like I have no doctor doctorate, no doctor experience. Mm-hmm. So if you do have anything like that that's going on with you, you should consult a healthcare practitioner. Yeah, this is all <laughs> from experience based. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you talk about um, saying like you are in control because mm-hmm. I feel often when again from personal experience mm-hmm. when you go through those things you're like all right I'm out of control yeah. I say all the time I have no willpower yeah. and I have been uh, yeah I guess mindful of mm-hmm. saying like why am I eating right mm-hmm. now am I even really hungry and you know what sometimes I am mm-hmm. sometimes I am like no I am hungry mm-hmm. my body needs food mm-hmm. but oftentimes it's not yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I thank you for saying that and I know like putting yourself out there is it's not always easy but I think mm-hmm. people are really going to benefit um from hearing that so mm-hmm. that's that was that's really awesome to hear and note and and I said it might sound silly to be mindful and have two feet on the ground but like those are things that like I'm gonna go home and try mm-hmm. doing because I am well a, it helped me yeah it, it just it gave me the healthy relationship with food that I needed that yeah. I didn't have and I thought I did but I didn't like I yeah. started my fitness journey I'm like this is super healthy yeah but when you put yourself on a strict diet your mind starts to question, like, are you hungry or are you only eating because you know you're supposed to eat at this time? Right. You you lose all sense of that relationship. Yeah. And you've built, a, like, a fake one. Yeah. Kind of thing. Have you been sharing this, like, that type of the story on online? Yeah. So uh, usually when I do have a binge, I I openly share it. Mm-hmm. I've written a couple blog posts on it on my website, squatsoversweets.com. And um, just, I, I try not to, like give advice about stuff like that right I'd rather just direct them to a healthcare practitioner right because I'm not that educated I only know my own experience right yeah exactly so let's wind down a little bit I want to know because we're called part of the process yeah uh what has been uh the best and subsequently the worst part of the process for you Mm. so the best part is definitely personal growth. Seeing how much I've grown in two years, and it's not in like a fitness way. It's just in a mentality way. Like I look at things so differently now and I have so much appreciation for things that I never appreciated before. Like my support system and the people that are there to guide me and the the privilege that I've been given to work out. There's people out there that don't, they can't work out. Mm-hmm. They have had something that happened to them and they, they can't use their body like I can. And I need to be grateful for the fact that I can. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst, this is kind of like a, like a good and a bad, but like not starting sooner. Mm-hmm. Like always wishing that I had started five years ago, 10 years ago, not for my own health, just for like that mental growth. Obviously, life moves when it does because it happens when it's supposed to happen. Yep. And I respect that. But if I had started earlier, maybe I could be impacting even more people at this point. Right. Kind of thing. Right. right. So what's your uh, relationship like with failure? <laughs> uh, that's something I'm working on right now. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah. Uh, I... I don't like the term perfectionist because I feel like everybody uses it. You know, you like you go in for an interview. You're like, I'm a perfectionist because that's like your worst, worst, <laughs> worst quality. I'm like, but that's actually me. You're using it, but that's actually me. Because I feel like the only way to have things done is to be perfect, which immediately sets me up for failure. Mm-hmm. So when I fail, I get really discouraged or I have in the past. It's gotten better. 
Um, now I've actually taught myself to look at failure as like a non-existent term. Like failure just doesn't exist mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter if you do something and it didn't go the way that you wanted it to. It still contributed to who you are as a person and it still contributes to your growth. Yep. If anything, these quote failures make you better, mm-hmm. even better than the things that aren't failures do yeah. because they teach you. So you can experience regardless, yeah. right? Whether it's good or bad, you're getting the experience yeah. from it to affect the next thing. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying now. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, I haven't been like that my whole life. Mm-hmm. It's just something that this year has kind of taught me. Yeah. I started calling this year like Kirsten's year of firsts okay. because I was doing so many things that were out of my comfort zone. Yep. And I made sure that 2018 was going to be the year that I took chances on myself, yep. took chances on people and just kind of put myself out there and so far so good. Yeah. And believe me, I've had some failures come up and it's just about rolling with them. Yeah. Because we're only human. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're bound to come They're up. They're going to happen regardless. They're not going to disappear ever. Well, yeah. tell me a little bit about um, your your year first. Like, what's it like getting out of your comfort zone? And in, mm-hmm. in how has that benefited you? Has it been a challenge? Because I feel like a lot of people live in their in their bubble. Mm-hmm. And, sometimes, and I've been through phases of that, too. And I'm, like, trying to push my hands through, like, the comfort bubble. And mm-hmm. it's, it's always better on the other side. Mm-hmm. But I still struggle with, like, the different the different comfort zones that I live inside of. Like, what's that been like for you? Yeah. <laughs> Stepping out of my comfort zone, like, I've never really been a shy person. So I've always been willing to take risks. But this year, I was like, it's got to be more. You've, you've, got, you've got to do more. And a friend of mine that I met through university, his name's Adam Beaumier. And he just started preaching this comfort via discomfort. Like, that's his hashtag, comfort via via discomfort. And it's about becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Because literally nothing good happens in your comfort zone. Yeah, some people like that. Some people just want to do the same thing that they do every single day, and that's how they want to live their life. But for me, I would always be wondering, like, what if? Mm -hmm. Like, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And as somebody who wants to be an entrepreneur and and has a full-time job and a part-time job like I'm always like what's next yeah like what's next what's next what's next which can sometimes be a bad thing mm-hmm. because I'm never living in the present moment which is something I'm also trying to teach myself mm-hmm. but if I didn't take chances and step out of my comfort zone I wouldn't have the jobs that I have now and I wouldn't have grown personally enough to feel confident that I could be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. because it takes a lot of guts yep and it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to put in, like, the dirt to get to the clouds. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a Gary Vee quote. <laughs> I love Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> um, so he inspires me. But, like, you have to put in the work. You have to be willing to put in the hustle. And I would have never believed that I had the ability to if I didn't take chances on myself. Yeah. So um, my last question, two-part question kind of, is what role does gratitude play in your life and what things are you grateful right now (laughs) grateful for so many things that's Uh, wonderful yeah that is great I'm so (laughs) so grateful for so many things in my life um first and foremost probably my support system my like my family and my boyfriend like they they just get it they they support me no matter what and they want what's best for me mm-hmm. and i'm so grateful that i have them because when things like go badly in my eyes mm-hmm. like they're there and and i've always been grateful but i feel like this year it like really opened my eyes to what being grateful means mm-hmm. 
like show your appreciation to them don't take them for granted because yeah we're all grateful for our parents yeah of course but how many times do you tell them that you're grateful for right. them right how many times do you say thank you because i can tell you right now i don't say it enough mm-hmm. and i should and i'm i'm also grateful for the fact that i'm healthy i'm alive i'm well and i've always been relatively healthy i mean i'd never ate the best but i've been blessed with good health mm. um like, like I'm very grateful that nothing has happened to me where I couldn't work out or I, I, like I am lactose intolerant and now I can't eat cheese. And that was like devastating for me, but I'm still grateful that I am here mm-hmm. and I'm alive and I'm well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm grateful for social media and the internet. I have met so many people over the internet and they're like some of my closest friends now. And it's just like, they get it. Yeah. Our generation gets it. Mm-hmm. People hate on our generation, but we are literally changing the world. Mm-hmm. And we are connecting and we're communicating and we're 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 growing and that's something to be proud of. Yeah. And we're proof of that right now. Yeah, we're sitting exactly. here doing it. I would have never met you if I, I hadn't found you over Instagram. <laughs> I'm I like know. looking at this girl's like Instagram like, oh this is so cool. Well, I'm like <laughs> She's from Windsor. I got to have her on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah, just, it is. Small world. It is. Small world. Small Windsor. Yeah. And that's a we wrap, man. Windsor. We love Windsor. <laughs> it's our favorite place. <laughs> we did it. All right. And that is episode two, guys. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Kirsten. If you want to follow up, which I am sure you do, please find her at Squats Over Sweets on both Instagram and at her website uh, to get all the goods and get that daily motivation in your pocket. Uh, Well, that's all we have. And until next time, I am your host, Sierra Parr, and this is just part of the process. Mm